Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this extremely special edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. I know for those of you who listen regularly, you know that I share the stories of wonderful women who have amazing stories that are compelling and moving and meaningful. Um, today, however, I have a very, very, very unique and powerful and uh, just strong and influential guest. Uh, she's charming. She's kind. She moves the needle in the biggest way possible. Um, most of you have heard of her. If you haven't, you should and look her up after this podcast. Her name is Christy Wallace, and she is the CEO of Elevate. Christy, I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, Susan, you are, you're amazing. Thank you for for those kind words, uh, for having me on the podcast and just for everything you do to be a, a true friend and leader and supporter of women in business uh, and all people. That is so nice. So I'll tell you what, Christy, what I like about you, there are a lot of women I've come to know in this wonderful path that we're all on to create equity in the workplace and uh, to answer so many questions that both men and women have about how did we get here and, and how do we get to where we need to be. But the difference with you is I feel like that every time you speak, it's genuine, it's authentic, and it's real. And those are the messages I like to share in my podcast. So I'm super excited to have you tell us a little bit about yourself, those who don't know you. Um, and, and I would love to learn new things about you here today. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, so I am Christy Wallace, the CEO of Elevate Network. Elevate is a global community of women at work. Uh, it's the perfect place to find that um, peer support, mentor, a person who can connect you to an opportunity, a job, a board seat, uh, who can advise your startup. You can just be that person um, who, you know, helps you see the pathway forward and supports you and ch champions you every day uh, to do that. So I was a member of Elevate before I uh, became an employee here, before I became CEO. And it was just a really important part of, of my professional journey and my life, um, starting as a a manager in business at a young age, running a sales team uh, to, you know, starting being on the founding team of another company I was working to build and scale to, to then being here today. Um, I live in Brooklyn, New York, um, lifelong New Yorker, at least longer than I was a New Jersey native. And I have three little kids who are soon to be five, six, and 10. Busy. Um, they're just <laughs> the most amazing kids. I was walking down the street earlier today thinking about them and smiling. Um, so it's just um, it's a really special time. It's, I'm, a, I'm really fortunate. You know what I love, Christy, and folks, um, you who listen regularly know that I love when people bring their whole selves to work and bring their whole selves home. And Christy's not one who's afraid to say, hey, I am a CEO, but I'm as much a mom and I'm proud of both. And I love that you shared that, that they make you smile. Even when they're not with you, you think of them and they make you smile. That's amazing. You are such a busy, busy person. Yet, instead of, you know, you're very focused, you have quite, quite a, a, a mission before you. I love that you were a member before you became the CEO that gives so many women hope. 
um, you know, the stats that show that we get in at a certain level and then we can't get up to where you've gotten, you're a role model that you can, it can be done. So we're going to help make it happen for other women, just like it happened for you. Um, not without all the hard work, I'm sure. Let me ask you this. You've got a lot of things under your belt. Your resume is long, your CV, I should say. Um, what exactly has been your proudest professional accomplishment? There's been, I mean, it's been quite a few. Um, you know, so I obviously just the work we've done at Elevate has been really meaningful to me. Um, it's that perfect intersection between things that I value, such as relationships, support, uh, and things that get me out of bed every morning, which is technology, innovation, growth, disruption. I, I've spent most of my career working in startups, and I love you know, tackling a problem and, and seeing a feature that others haven't seen before me. So being at Elevate and being able to evolve the business over the past couple of years has, has been great. You know, we're still rooted in this community. We're doing about a thousand events a year, um, wow. but we've looked a lot to that online networking component and how do you create something that feels real and authentic, uh, but is also scalable and attainable. So we've done a lot around our squads program, which are online peer mentoring cohorts. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming in, in 2020, so stay tuned. Um, but that's been great. But I also, you know, I really believe in, in holistically, uh, how do I have an impact? How do I every single day use uh, my privilege my my role my voice in my life to to create change in this world and that's been really powerful and when i think back to growing up um you know hindsight's 2020 but it's always been that way i've always been involved in causes uh, organizations you know doing things in my community so today uh, i'm an angel investor in women and non-binary femme social enterprises um, that that is just a great experience to meet founders and, and be an advisor and invest when I can. I've done a lot of work with you and women, really looking at how we create uh, a, a more space for innovation and entrepreneurship, um, particularly for underserved populations and developing countries. So that's, that's been really meaningful work. I do a lot of work at um, Villanova University, which is where I went to school thinking about how we build the next generation of, of entrepreneurs and leaders and innovators. And for me, when I was at Villanova, I was an English major, did not think I had a creative bone in my body, did not think um, that I was that person who could ever lead a company. And I want to ensure that all future leaders um, start out their career with that confidence to know that they can do it. So for me, uh, what, what gets me excited is just being able to see so much happening and, and feel like I have a small piece in that. Uh, and the final thing I, I would say, and it, it kind of gets back to what we were talking about my kids, but you know, I bring them into the office with me all the time. Uh, Elevate has our annual Mobilized Women's Summit, which is this huge summit really looking at uh, furthering conversations around equality in our world and how we engage everyone from Fortune, you know, 50 business CEOs through to individual stakeholders in understanding the ways we can, we each have the power to create change. And my kids are in the room every year for that event. And it, it, you know, it creates change. My son is running for 
president of his class right now on a platform wow. of uh, sustainability nice. and how he can reduce plastic in the school and create a more eco-friendly school environment. And he was inspired at the Elevate Summit when he was listening to World Wildlife Foundation and Patagonia and V-Lab talking about the ways that businesses and individuals can help our environment. And Benjamin wow. was inspired and now he's running for office on that platform. So I just think it's so important each and every one of us, each of our of your listeners and everyone understands the unique role we have to play in making uh, the world better and, and lives for others better as well. I think this is a, I, I wanted to, to, I've been jaw dropped. Okay. So for the past two minutes, my jaws hit the floor. So I want to say, going back to when you said you enjoy working with startups, the, the thing that comes to mind when I think of you is innovative. So you are quite innovative. So you definitely um, innovate. And then you said, I never thought of myself as creative. And I was like, huh, I think of her as very creative. So you innovate, you create, and then to bring your kids to work. Wow, that is quite a bring your kids to work day to bring them to the, the Mobilize Summit. That's an amazing event. If you're not familiar with it, folks, look it up online. It's global. It's, it's very powerful. Um, Christy talked about Elevate you know, in real life and digitally. Um, it has impacted my life and my business in a very positive, positive and powerful, there's a mashup word for you, positive, a very positive and powerful way um, online. So talk about innovative and creative all at once. I, I think you're both of those. And what a great mom to lead by example and then bring those kids to hear them talk about what's important um, not just today, but how we can make a difference in their future. You know, like what kind of world will they inherit? And wow, you know, he's running for president of school. I hope he wins. Yeah, he's got my vote. For sure. <laughs> we find out today, so we'll see. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll be thinking yeah. about you. Let me know, okay? Send me an email, let me know. Um, so, I, I will. But it is, I, I mean, it's fascinating. We, you know, um, recent elections in New York and beyond, like my son that morning woke up asking me questions about some of the bills that were um, being voted on, you know, and it's, I think there's a sense of um, not just political advocacy, but of, um, you know, understanding of our world that kids have today that, you know, didn't exist when I was growing up and listening to the local news or watching the local newspaper. Um, I remember asking my parents who they voted for and they say they said you know we don't talk about that that's private yeah. so um I don't know I mean it, it's just a powerful place to be in when you think about the power of communities to have these authentic conversations not everyone has to be on the side, same side we don't have to um you know come from the same place but just having a a, a safe and respectful environment um, where you can talk about everything from you know, challenging, challenges in funding for women to equality in business to politics and legislation because um, that's about community. It's bringing your full self there and the things that are weighing on you and are on your mind and having people that you can have a discussion with about it. So yeah, it's, uh, it, it's you know, it, it's really great I think to it's kind of definitely see different. Them have I, taking shape. I would ask you this. Do you think, and, and, and look, I have an 18 year old who is at Berkeley studying environmental sciences and he is so engaged in climate science and environmental sciences and 
things that impact the earth and the greater good. And I wonder if the younger people, and, and I'm older than you, Christy, but I wonder if your son and my son both um, feel they're more a fiber in the fabric of this universe or world or planet that we live on than we did. Because like you, my parents said, oh, it's taboo. You don't talk about that. It's almost like, you know, you would never tell anyone who you vote for. It's sort of like back in the day, a woman would never tell her age or weight, you know? So I love that you encourage authentic conversation. You know, that's my alley, right at my alley. But I think in politics, what we definitely need to do is if we would be open, honest, and direct about factual information and how it impacts us personally, then the other person would be more receptive to accepting our stand, uh, you know, giving our stand merit, even if we disagree or even, you know, so, so let's say an issue impacts you differently in your personal life or professional life than it impacts me. It would be foolish for me to expect you to vote for my candidate and vice versa if the candidate you're voting for impacts you positively and in my candidate might his stand or her stand impact you negatively. So my goal is to get people to check the facts, understand how the issues impact them personally, and then give merit to the other person's stand. I mean, there's no need, need to have this, um, you know, polarization and, and, you know, so much hate and disdain for anyone who doesn't agree. So I love that you brought that up. That's usually not a topic that we discuss on this show. So courageous Christy right here, bringing it up, folks, right in your face. <laughs> That's really good. That's good. Maybe your son is going to be um, president someday. I mean, I would vote for him in 2020. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it would be great. Or or my daughters, I'm, I'm you know, that would I'm be great. still five and six, but we're, you know, I'm, I'm bringing them to the summit too. And just having conversations with them and, um, you know, asking them their opinion and asking them what they think about things and trying to create an environment where you just think about what's happening in the world and what, you know, how that impacts you and what your thoughts are on it and then what you do to change it. And um, it, you know, it's something that I believe you know, as I said, just I believe in each of our individual power. Yeah. Um, to take action on the things we care about. And Christy, do you think know. that you listen to your kids more than your parents listen to you and your opinions and ideas? I don't. You know, that's a great question. I'm not sure. I so I grew up um, in a tiny town in New Jersey called uh, down in Cape May County. And I'm um, one of four kids. Uh, my, I'm a twin, so my sister Katie and I are the oldest. And um, it, but they, they had, my parents had four kids in six years. And um, you know, my mom worked. She was um, a nurse and then a professor, and she got her PhD when I was in high school. Um, my dad's a, a dentist, so we, uh, you know, I grew up in a family with two working parents. Um, they were really supportive of us. And I think about that a lot, um, you know, uh, when, as I'm raising my kids, you know, how did, how much time do my parents spend on homework yeah. with us? Or, you know, how do they, how much time, importance did they place on extracurricular activities? Or, you know, because you're always trying to figure out, like, how did I end up who I am? And what were those different triggers or levers or drivers? Yeah. 
Um, but I, I think, you know, with my parents, we, we did, you know, the conversations were similar, but different, right? Like we spent a lot of time talking more about, um, you know, I grew up, I'm Catholic. I went to Catholic school my whole life. So I think talking more about, um, you know, some of the charities or, or local causes um, that the church was supporting and that we were volunteering and doing volunteer hours were important in my school. So um, it was more about that. We grew up at the beach. So conservation, you know, was important. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, that's a long way of saying as uh, I'm processing the question and and causing me to think, but I, yeah, I, you know, I think we did have Sounds conversations great. with my family. It sounds like they were very open to um, listening and learning from their children. I, I, I believe, frankly, that, you know, the, the, old, the old saying that children should be seen and not heard, that's how I grew up. But I don't agree with that at all. I think that children have a lot of lessons to teach us, uh, even in their innocent phase. You know, I think that we can learn a lot about um, the, pure, the pure wisdom that comes out of the mouths of babes, as they used to say. So I, I love to hear your story. Your, your family sounds very Norman Rockwell. It sounds like a wonderful <laughs> upbringing, <laughs> Norman Rockwell family. Um, that's great that you're a twin. I think you have a forever friend when you're a twin. Um, I, I love this story. It made me smile. So my listeners often hear me say when I'm happy and, you know, because I don't yet do video on the podcast. I describe, I use descriptive language and my cheeks are burning. That's what I say. My cheeks are burning because you had me smiling so much. You, you're a great, great storyteller. So I love that. I loved your story about your family and how you grew up. And I think that, um, yes, of course your daughters would and could and should be president someday. Let me ask you this. What are their ages? Like your son is how old and your daughters are how old? So Benjamin's 10. He's in grade um which is an interesting time in new york city uh when i went to school we you know eighth to uh kindergarten to eighth was all in one school but here he goes to middle school in next year in september and he has a lot of freedom uh he'll be taking the city bus by himself or oh, the subway wow. and out and about and that is this whole other area era of parenting that really gets them to trust um you know, trusting that he will make the right decisions, trusting that he will look both ways before crossing the street. Um, and, you know, how does technology play a role in that? Does yeah. it? You know, I mean, I, I keep telling him back when I was growing up, we didn't have phones. So you had to make a plan and communicate it and um, be where you were supposed to be when you said you're going to be there. Uh, but so, you know, our relationship will evolve a little bit um, around around this new this new structure and you know this new school and I'm scared for you just because I'm the mom of only one child and I I I would never admit this publicly <laughs> but I think I was a little bit of a mama bear slash copter mom I finally let go but I sort of took a deep breath and like broke out into a cold sweat when you said that next year he'll be going on his own. I'm like, Oh my God, Benjamin. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely see that as a, a generational difference for sure. Um, your child, mm -hmm. your child is much younger than mine. And, um, that's, I think it's a good thing. I think what you're doing and what he's going to be doing is a great thing. 
uh, learning independence. And yes, technology will play a role. Uh, tell him not to check his texts while crossing the street. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, I will. I will let him know. Um, so that's Ben. And then Morgan is in uh, first grade, and Zoe's in kindergarten. And um, they're just, you know, they're their own. It's it, it's fascinating to me, you know, how we become the people we are, and what you know, your family plays a role, birth order plays a role, um, you know, the other influences, but what is just innate to you, right, that makes you unique, that makes you the person that you are, Um, you know, there's, it's like, we're we're all humans, and yet we're so complex, and we're so different, so Zoe is silly, and uh, really sweet, and she loves elephants, and um, Morgan is very thoughtful, and very determined and very headstrong and I see a piece of me in all of them and yeah it's just you know it's fun getting to know them it's so neat how they're all three so different you know you're you're like what your point to your point you're raised by the same parents but you're totally different individuals and and I'm sure you know you have things that are innate that you're born with but you also have proclivities that might be very different from one another so fun to watch what a great uh, social experiment for you to watch them grow up and become who they will be. Um, I know for me, I wasn't ready to let go of my son. I was a basket case. And this just happened recently when he went off to college. Uh, people actually wrote to me and said, are you going to be okay? Because <laughs> 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 I publicly shared that it, to me, it felt like I was missing a limb. You know, I was like, oh my God, he's been such a big part of my life for so many years. Um, you know, 18 on the earth and in, you know, one, one inside. So I, I think I was, my husband says, I think you're closer to our son than most people are to their children. And I said, I don't think so, Mike, maybe, maybe this is a man thing, but I I mean, I think mothers feel that at least this one did. So, um, but I've certainly adjusted and my son definitely has, um, put me in my place and said, mom, I'm not calling you every night. I'm not texting you every day. Please don't expect it because it really will, you know, cause conflict in our otherwise good relationship. So he put me in my place and I've let go a lot. Um, so you have fun watching these kids grow up. And I used to keep a journal. I don't know about how, how you, you know, track these changes or share, you know, your thoughts or whatnot. But um, for me, keeping a journal was a beautiful way to um, keep those memories alive. So. I love that you shared about your family. That's just you know, cool. I I appreciate that that tip and, and and what you know how you handle it because because whether it's you know kids growing older and 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 taking you know new steps or, or or evolution changes or if it's your business or if it's you know your role, there's just so many times in life when we are faced with something that you know causes trepidation or makes us anxious or or doubt ourselves or worried and you know it's it's there's so many great insights for how to overcome that right and and just believing in yourself and and turning to to your squad or to your crew who can support you just like you said people wrote into you and said are you going to be okay um journaling is something that um, you know, I don't do enough of and keep telling myself I aspire to, I really want to, um, particularly just journaling my gratitude and things that yeah. make me happy every day um, and recognizing that. But um, I think the biggest lesson is just 
we're, we'll always be faced with those those new things that are are scary or that make us anxious. Uh, and that's that's an exciting thing. I think that just means progress. It means change. It means something that will push you farther. Uh, but it's it's figuring out your own ways to to manage that and to you know give yourself that that strength to keep going. Yeah, it's life. It's living, actually. It's not just life. It's living. That's what it is. It's so let me ask you something. I'm I don't wanna I would be remiss if I didn't ask you to mention more about the squads. So you you mentioned the squads and I didn't ask more about it because I know about them. But guess what? My audience may or may not know about them. So could you take this opportunity to mention more about the squads? Because I think having a posse um is very important. It's a core support group, both professionally and personally. So tell us your take on the squads. Yeah, so when we came up with squads, um, it, it was looking at a few different things. You know, we have, um, as I mentioned, we do tons of events and just a really hyper-engaged community around that. But um, we would hear from some women, you know, it was hard to make it to the event. I work late, I, you know, play intramural volleyball, I have a family, I have a pet, I have something, because yeah. there's always something, and time is valuable, and I feel like we're always running from one place to the next, um, that makes it hard for me to attend events all the time, or maybe you're someone who gets nervous or anxious about that type of networking, um, and, and also, you know, a lot of times there's, there's, in-person connections go, can go deep, but it takes the work to make that deeper. Uh, so what we wanted to solve for was, okay, how do we make networking accessible to anyone, anytime, anywhere? Two, how do we create a structure that goes deeper, and particularly one that's rooted in, in the digital world online um, that can feel really anonymous um, and surface level, and, and what kind of impact will that have? How do we create something that you can scale that's easy? So the squad program, it's groups of six to eight women. They are at similar career stages, but different industries, different functions. And they meet for half an hour a week online over a period of three months. And we have you know, someone who takes the role of the, the moderator, the leader of the group. We have set um, you know, structure and content and questions, but really it's all rooted around looking at this group of six to eight women who are meeting half an hour a week, every week for 12 weeks. How deep of a relationship can you build? Um, how do you build that mutual support and understanding? Uh, we have hot seats where you come in and you share what you're struggling with or what questions you have and you get feedback and support and advice from the rest of the group. And what we've found now that we've had you know, over 5,000 women go through this program is that 80% uh, of the women said they were more confident in their career. Just having that support yeah. and people to talk to created that confidence that we were just talking about to kind of take, go to that next step or try something new or just believe in what you're doing today. 78% were exposed to ideas and innovations they never thought possible. And to me, that's really important because... That's, you know, looking at your life through someone else's lens, through someone else's experience that can help open the door to different opportunities um, and that you, you maybe didn't even think about that you didn't see. We've had a number of women um, who, you know, 25% of, 
of the applicants every time we run a program have done a squad previously. So we're seeing a lot of great um, adoption and renewals. And it, it's just exciting to me because, you know, we've built this structure that works, um, that's having an impact and that you know, everyone in our community can take advantage of. And, you know, part of the inspiration here too goes back to my early days as a Girl Scout. So I, I recently did a keynote um, speech for the Girl Scouts part of New Jersey. And I thought a lot about community and in the role that Girl Scouts had in, in my um, foundation of community and thinking about community. And there was a lot there, you know, it's, it was diverse. Um, it had a regular cadence, you know, we, we met every week. Uh, there was shared goals and shared learning around badges and, and those experiences. And it was all rooted in um, creating girls of courage, confidence, and character uh, to be, you know, tomorrow's leaders. And a lot of those foundations uh, apply to what we're doing at Elevate because as, as women in the workforce, we still need, you know, that shared support, that ongoing cadence. We need it to be easy and accessible, and we need it to be rooted in how we're all moving forward in, in however way that you define that, but overcoming those barriers and um, finding success in small and big ways every day. So I'll say something I feel about the squads. I, I love that, that um, Girl Scout story. That's powerful because here we are women, and we still need to adhere to those same uh, dictates, if you will. I use the phrase grit and grace a lot. Uh, those are things I try to incorporate into my every behavior um, each day. But in the squads, about the squads. So my first initial, uh, my initial impression about the squads was, oh goodness, is this going to make it difficult to connect with people? But at having participated and been a squad leader, I found exactly the opposite. In fact, for someone who lives in the Bay Area where traffic is a nightmare, I was like, you know, I'm participating more, connecting more, having deeper, more meaningful conversations with six to eight people, you know, online, than I would be trying to fight the traffic, pick out what to wear, get there on time, after work, still build a relationship, you're, you're there with. A... So for me personally, it was beautiful, it was wonderful. I know that for everyone involved, that third statistic you gave is very meaningful. Uh, for me, what strikes me as powerful is the second statistic that you gave. When you see yourself through others' lens, um, that gives you perspective because so many of us, and, and I might be an anomaly because I've always been extremely confident, um, but we all at some level suffer imposter syndrome. And I think sometimes it helps to see yourself through other people's lenses so that you can say, wait a minute, you know, that's that little voice inside saying, you can't do that. When really, you know what, you can get out there and do it. And I think that's what the squads uh, do for women in business. And I'm very grateful that you um, afforded this to Elevate members. So just a little bit about the squads. I wanted folks to know, because I brushed over it since I know so much about it, uh, but should not have done that. I should have given you that chance. So I wanted to make sure that you could speak to it. Um, let's go back to talking about Christy the person. Um, tell me who, I know you've had a, m a number of mentors in your life, but Let's pick on someone who has been particularly inspirational to you. 
so I love this question and and I never but I never know how to answer it because there's been so many people who yeah. have been inspiration to me. You know, obviously my mom, you know, who was a working mom growing up and, and got her PhD while I was in high school traveling to Delaware and back. Um, my twin sister who's a special ed elementary school teacher and is creating change doing what she loves and supporting kids. Um, I think education is so important and I think it's a room for lots of improvement and disruption in our society and she's doing her part to just create that safe and welcoming environment for kids. I think about um, my peers, women who are starting businesses, starting businesses similar to, to mine or with similar missions who are um, facing challenges and you know their own successes and failures and you know the um uh you know we all link arms together and rising tides lift all boats and so it's amazing and, and inspiration to to see what they're doing and to know that they're always there to support me and to give me advice and mentorship um the people in the elevate network uh, uh have been great mentors to me the people in our office i, I learned so much we've intentionally built an incredibly diverse team and so their different experiences and ideas and challenges have been something I've learned a great deal by. Um, and, you know, I, I would say too, just, um, you know, like the women who, which is, I guess this is top of mind and it's not a direct mentor, it's more of an inspiration, but the women um, who have just, you know, been running for office or, um, taking on that that new challenge uh I, I say that because I'm just really inspired to see um others just take the risk um yeah. and put themselves out there and do in something the they never thought they would do in the and, arena yeah yeah and and like those stories I'm just reading the stories are so inspiring to me so a mentor to me, uh, you know, I've had direct, I've had peers, I've had, you know, people who've mentored up and mentored down, but it's really the people uh, that give me inspiration and teach me something new, um, regardless of how that comes about. If it's a new story I read or if I'm hearing you on a stage or um, on a podcast or, you know, if we work alongside each other or we're friends, I, I just look for inspiration and insights uh, constantly. So and I love never that. Let down. No one's ever said that before. I've done over 90 of these podcasts. No one's, I love that. So many people have said, I've had many mentors and we'll talk about this person or a couple of these people or, but uh, it's true. You can have a mentor and that person not even know they're your mentor. So I love that you said that. That's so great. You find some wisdom in every, you know, like in articles and speeches and people that you may never meet or in people that you know, or maybe they didn't even know that you looked up to them or. So that is really, really, really terrific. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, you've been a mentor to me and not known it. So thanks for that. Uh, I wanna ask this next question, um, but I have a feeling this entire podcast, you know, people must know by now, considering your role and how you have changed the world already and continue to change the world. Um, they probably know how you support other women in business, but could you give us maybe a quick applicable tip, maybe an action item on how 
we can lift each other up and, and you can advise other women to maybe each and every day, something they can do to support women in business? Yeah, I would say um, intentionally look to support someone who's not like you. That's, that's the easiest way we can lift someone up. Um, you know, we each come from a place of, you know, varying privilege or experiences. And to be a community, to lift other women up, to support each other, it's really about uh, intentionally supporting someone who has different challenges, different barriers, um, different experiences, and, and how together, you know, those different differences make something that's stronger and, and more transformational. So, uh, you know, do that and do it by listening. Listen, listen to others. You know, we oftentimes listen with the intent to respond and you're in a conversation and you're listening and you're just in your head thinking, what's the next question? Or let me share my story. Um, and that women don't get enough opportunities to have our voices heard. So listen and think during that time what you can do to, to help them. If it's make a connection or just offer some advice or, you know, just a hug. Um, there's, there's such power in feeling heard and recognized and understood. And uh, that's something we can all do easily every single day. So I have a little tear welling up in my eye because that is precisely why I do this podcast. Um, and, you know, the, the people that I meet in person, you know, there have been women who look at me and say, do you need something? And that's rare because I'm strong. I'm out there. I'm doing the lifting. And the, when someone turns to me and says, hey, wait a minute, do you need something? It's just blows me over. So I think what I hear you saying is be curious about someone else and someone who's not like you or didn't come from the same school or background or place of work or, you know, be curious about the other and see how you can help them or what their ask might be and then leave a quiet space for them to make the ask. Is that, is that what I'm hearing you saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Very well said. What a beautiful, beautiful tip. And I think everybody every day can easily implement that piece of advice. So, um, wow, super powerful. That, that was meaningful, very meaningful. Um, well, let's bring you, we're going to bring this to a close with some powerful, uh, you know, questions. I have two more questions I want to ask you. The next one being not as easy as it might sound. Some people have trouble discussing their challenges or setbacks, but I wondered if you might be courageous enough to share what your biggest challenge or setback has been and how did you overcome it? I, I mean, I'd say myself, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm one of those people that's up at, you know, 3 a.m. analyzing everything I said or everything I did <laughs> or, you know, um, thinking I did something wrong. And, it, and it's crazy because then, a few hours later, it never seems as bad as it seems at 3 a.m. But, um, you know, I, I, I doubt myself a lot and I question every little thing. And I've, I've tried really hard and I haven't figured this out. So if, if any of your listeners have advice, I'd love to hear it. Um, how, to, how to just break away from that, you know, to take every day for what it is. And, you know, sometimes things work and sometimes they don't, but you keep going and that's life and that's being a human. 
Um, so I would say my own self-doubt uh, on, a, on quite a micro level is the biggest challenges that I face. I think a lot of people would be shocked to hear you say that, um, but I, I myself go through that. I'm a two o'clock in the morning person with that. And in the Buddhist tradition, they call it monkey mind. When you recycle, 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 you think of things, you're, you're thinking, you're reliving the day and what could have gone differently. And when you know that you can't go back, you can't change that. You can't, we can win or learn, never lose. Um, so the advice I have been given on that is to keep a pad of paper and a pen next to my bed and write down what I need to write down so that I can address it, those things that I can change um, during the normal day, not during the time when I should be sleeping. And another way I've been told, and I used to practice meditation regularly for five years, and it was very helpful with that. And I didn't suffer with that wake up with these obsessive thoughts of, huh, how was the day? How could it have gone differently? And what can I do to change it when we know that the day is gone? You just have to prepare for the next day and create, when you wake up, create a better day. When you go to sleep at night, reflect on the day you had and then say thank you for that, good or bad, thank you for that. And you go to sleep. Look, I'm not telling you this is what I do and it works. I'm telling you this is what I try to do and I hope it would work. <laughs> I'm in the same place as you. So folks, if you are listening, Christy and I would both like to know how to calm the monkey mind. <laughs> That's really what she's saying. So um, if it makes you feel better, somebody who could not help me, he, he said to me, he said, I can't help you solve that, but I heard it's a sign of genius. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll take that. Okay. I feel a tiny bit better. Um, if that's true, but if it's not, please don't write me and tell me that's not true. So <laughs> let me ask you our last question. Um, tell us something surprising, although this whole, this whole session. So we all know Christy publicly, we know your bio, we can look you up on LinkedIn. We can check you out on elevate. Um, I ask people this question because sometimes there are things that folks have never shared before. Maybe they didn't think it was important enough or special or different or unique. Um, but I go ahead and ask, what is something surprising about you that maybe most people don't know? So I, I actually have something, um, it's so it's kind of random, but uh, we, we just are coming off of an Elevate team retreat and we did that exercise, you know, tell the truth and a lie and people have to guess like which is which and so Fun. It makes me <laughs> think of that but I'll, I'm gonna tell you two um so one is I had purple contacts when all through high school uh, <laughs> a la, you know Liz Taylor um funny. yeah I, I don't you know I think about that a lot just how much we we change our physical appearance and why and um, I have green eyes. I have great eyes. I don't know why I wore purple yeah, contacts, but I loved do. them. It was great. It was <laughs> and um, so I have three tattoos, and they um, they're really meaningful to me. So one is a dolphin that I got when I was younger. But growing up at the beach, it was something that just had meaning to me. And and the irony is that now you know living in New York City for so long. It, it doesn't quite have the same level of meaning, um, but it's something that always reminds me of where I came from. Oh, I love that. And then I have on each of my wrists, one has three little hearts for each of my kids, and one is the initials of my husband and my kids. And 
it was something that when I first got them, I was like, come in business and I'm getting tattoos and, and is this appropriate? And I, you know, I don't know. And, but for me it was, and, and for me, I love them because I, I look at it every day and it makes me happy. And that it's something so that, you know, I see and it gives me, you know, confidence and love and a smile on my face. And that's, you know, where stop overthinking what others will think and um, just do what, what makes you happy. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, a way of creating a narrative around the things that are most important to you. And just a reminder of that, a small reminder. So um, I think the tattoo thing is losing its stigma. And I think that, um, like I lived in Hawaii for five years and it's very sacred. You know, so the, the history of the tattoo there is very sacred. Now, if you're in the military and you have tattoos, there's a whole different story behind that. And I understand that we're not going to talk about it now. But if you're a prisoner, there's a whole different story behind those tattoos. But I think now the general populace and the, and the you know, generations that are younger than I am are embracing that. Um, and if my son is listening, um, <laughs> you know how I feel. But I have loosened my thoughts on that. I think that the stigma is going away. And I used to joke and say, um, my husband is a U.S. Navy captain and he has no tattoos. I bet he's the only one out there without one. Um, and I think he wants to get one someday. And I think I would be fine with that. So I love that you say they tell you a story. You know, they're a reminder of the, the people you love the most. So that's a beautiful, those are beautiful tattoos. And by the way, dolphin's my favorite animal on the planet. So awesome. Um, last, last thing before we say goodbye. How do people reach you? Well, check out elevatenetwork.com. That's with two L's. So E-L-L-E-V-A-T-E network.com. Um, on across all the social channels, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, Twitter. So reach out, uh, say hi, uh, connect with me on LinkedIn and would hope to see you at an Elevate event or in an Elevate squad sometime in the future. Awesome. You're so awesome. And folks, their Twitter page is really fun. I follow them. She has a great group that she works with in New York City and they're fun and they're, they're real. You know, they, they, they are, I just, you know, I feel like, they lead by example on how we need to just embrace our true selves and work at home and bring our whole selves to both. So Christy, thank you so much for being here today. You're a rock star personally, professionally. Um, thank you for sharing so much of yourself with the world, both your strengths and your fears and insecurities and your vulnerabilities, uh, giving us permission to be real as well. Um, it's been great. Thank you. Thanks so much. I really just appreciate you having me here and letting my voice be heard and all the great things that you do. Awesome. Well, have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye.